Hi, my name is Rena Jain. I'm a psychologist, wellness coach, and a podcaster. You're now listening to the Happiness Project podcast, a podcast that will help you look at things differently and push you to have a better experience of life. My wish for you is that you find peace in this moment that you do things that really lights up your soul and sets it up on fire that you keep pushing yourself to be a better person with a grateful and compassionate heart that you put yourself out there because life is too short to be living for anybody else but you I really wish you bloom with grace because trust me you are one intention away from an entirely different life If you haven't already I would love for you guys to subscribe to the Happiness Project podcast on whatever platform that you're listening this episode on Thank you so much guys because your support is going to go a long long way guys and welcome to the happiness project podcast i really hope you guys are doing well well at my end there has been quite a lot of development with regard to my work and purpose so one of the most significant announcement that i needed to make today was that i have finally launched my website after a month long journey of trial and error content development creative fulfillment and most importantly communicating my work and purpose in a way that resonates deeply with me i would be so so grateful if y'all checked it out and shared it within your network it's called the happiness project studio.com thank you so much for the consistent love and support that i receive from each one of you thank you thank you so much Also the link is mentioned in the show notes so please please make your way and check out my website and you can also connect with me for a free 30 minutes breakthrough session i would love to see you in person well for those of you who have been listening to my podcast consistently are aware that i have created a monthly theme and all of my episodes revolve around them so the theme for february is mindful moments Look life can be really overwhelming our minds fill with chatter our view of the world becomes tainted and distorted and our ability to be present is lost does that sound familiar at all i'm sure it does life is often frantic and exhausting and it is impacting our happiness health work education and even the world on a macro level so what is your escape plan well we live in a world where it's very easy to get affected by external circumstances and surroundings or for that matter our mind amplifying each and every single thought which eventually leads to a negative state of being You know one of the reasons I have themes every month is because it sort of gives me a reason to live by what I preach. For the ones who don't exactly know what mindfulness is, at the most elementary level, 
mindfulness means awareness it involves being profoundly conscious of our surroundings only observing things as they are when we are mindful we are alert of the present and more available to respond to others i am not going to get into too much detail because i have collaborated with nicola lipscomb who is an incredible speaker facilitator and a mindfulness practitioner so let's just hear all about mindfulness from the very expert nicola you're now listening to mindful moments with nicola lipscomb on the happiness project nicola is a professional speaker and a listener who bridges science and spirit a former pharmacist and an academic her quest can now be summed up in only one word that is connection she facilitates space for others to become deeply conscious and present with themselves with others our planet and the universe she is the creator of heartwise leadership powerful listening and friday's mindful moments and co-creator of renew retreats for women she weaves together the practicality of western science with the wisdom of eastern spirituality and the heart she is a speaking professional but that's not all nicola is a writer a poet a photographer a mindfulness practitioner and an art of feminine presence sister she adores nature roaming vintage markets and is fascinated by street art she also works hard at sondaku the japanese art of buying books and letting them pile up unread an introvert at heart she seeks deeply meaningful connection and is truly not interested in your new washing machine really she doesn't fit in a box and has even written a poem about that too she has experienced her fair share of struggles in january 2011 she ended up on an operating table with her rib cage broken open to remove a large tumor in 2014 she sold her car most of her belongings and set off with grand plans to learn salsa in barcelona she detoured to adelaide to spend time with family and stayed now working on her terms as a successful entrepreneur she lives and talks what she loves so without taking another moment let us now welcome nicola lipscomb on the happiness project hello 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 welcome to the happiness project podcast i am so so honored and excited to have you on my podcast today nicola thank you so much raina it's exciting the month of february for mindfulness mm-hmm. i'm really looking forward to exploring this with you i know you know now that i think about it we literally just got on a call and everything worked perfectly well maybe we were meant to connect <laughs> i believe in synchronicity yeah. so i think it was meant to be yes. absolutely absolutely you know of course i know for a fact that there is so much you have to share and i would love for you to take me and my listeners through your journey of living in your head feeling constantly stressed and disconnected to an entirely opposite spectrum of living a mindful life how did that happen how did that happen it took a while 
to actually come into my body and really start to live a mindful life and a heartful life. They're very connected. Mm -hmm. I started my life, my professional life as a pharmacist. So I'm a former pharmacist, a recovering academic. So I've spent over a decade in a academic institutions, higher ed lecturing and doing other things. So all of those types of professions are very scientific. They're very technical. Right. They're very intellectual. They're very head-based. And that is kind of, you know, how I live my life for the majority of my life, to be honest. It was like I was a walking head and I became, you know, quite disconnected from my body and my my feelings in that sense and ruminated a lot. If I look back now in everything that I did, I, I was what we would call a worry wart. You know, I worried all the time about what I was doing, what people were thinking about it, was it good enough, constantly worrying about stuff, being extraordinarily stressed if I had a big workshop or something at university the following day, chances I, I wouldn't sleep at night, sometimes for big meetings, I'd be in tears beforehand. I would get myself in this state thinking about all the terrible things that could possibly go wrong and what people would think of me. And that's not uncommon for a lot of people. Absolutely. You know, that's quite common that we live in our heads. We get hooked into all our thoughts and our worries. We think they're true. We can't discern between reality and what's going on in our heads. Mm -hmm. And I certainly lived that life without really knowing that that's what was happening to me. Throughout my life, every now and then, I had an interest in spirituality and alternative ways of being but then it sounds silly but life got in the way of life <laughs> so that I would get kind of caught up in everything again and yeah. never really explored what it meant until really the catalyst was 2011 and I've shared mm. the story with you right. privately I know but it was in 2011 and I really was extremely busy, anxious, stressed out about delivering two summer semester courses that I had to deliver at the university. Mm -hmm. And it was just packed that, I, you know, the workload that I had. And I had a cough that was irritating, annoying and I took myself off to the campus GP and I'll never forget her, Dr. Jane Smith, to say, could you just fix this damn cough <laughs> I've got, you know? I've got work to do, things to do, universities yeah. to impress, kids to impress. I can't afford this. Um, and thankfully, bless her, she didn't really listen to me in that sense. She listened to my jest. <laughs> and set me off for an x-ray and the yeah, x-ray yeah. came back the following day and she put the x-ray up and for both of us it was a shock because there was a huge mass that was sitting in the middle of my chest which turned out to be a large tumour 
So two weeks later, I'm on the operating table having a cardiothoracic surgery and a tumor taken out of my chest and three months of recovery. And that, that was eye-opening, heart-opening, a real crucible moment in, in life, a real catalyst for sitting back and going, who am I? What am I doing? Why am I here? What matters? And as part of that healing and well-being as well, rediscovered, I'd heard of mindfulness before, but then I actually took myself off to some Buddhist meditation days and started to learn and started to practice. And like everything, it was a path. It's not like it was, ta-da, you know, <laughs> here we are. I go off and do the course. I practice for an hour every day and my life changed overnight. It was, it was a process of starting to become aware, starting to become interested, putting my toe in, so to speak, to some retreats, learning, practicing myself, and then over time, becoming more and more interested, doing more and more. And once I started to commit to more regularly engaging a mindfulness practice myself and started to see the results, then yes. it fed back in. I became more committed, became more regular, and now it's so now it's been you know, over 10 years oh. now i don't so much have well i do have a formal practice as well but it's it becomes a way of yeah. being you live a you live a mindful life as opposed to set the clock i've got to be mindful now <laughs> let, let me watch the watch okay i've been mindful for a minute watching that okay done tick <laughs> becomes more a more it really becomes a way the, the way a way of being absolutely oh my goodness this is such an inspiring story you know and and i i like you said it's it doesn't happen overnight it is a journey it's a process and you have been so courageous like look at you look at i mean if somebody met you right now they would never be able to think about what you've gone through really so i'm i'm so grateful to you know even have you here sharing your story with everybody out there thank you thank you i'm very grateful to be here i'm very grateful to be alive because it was my 10 year anniversary was the 20th of january of this year so 10 years ago was was when the tumor was taken out of my body and i am very healthy very well and i'm probably the happiest most relaxed you know i've ever been in my life and wow. it sounds a little bit cliche i get it but it wouldn't have happened if i hadn't had that occurred to me back then that changed the course course of my life oh, yes not immediately i'm very human lots of pitfalls along the way lots of yes i'm going to do this or mm -hmm. you know when we say to ourselves i am never ever ever going to put myself in a situation where i get that stressed again i know and then you find yourself six months later going how did i get here <laughs> i'm back where i was so <laughs> there was multiple iterations of that so that your listeners know that 
it is a process and it is okay not to nail it the first time or the second time or the third time or the fifth time it's okay i know i know i think no better person than you to even you know say this to everybody right so since you've shared your story now um this one question that just popped to me right now is that does it really have to take your life to realize how important life is no however for a lot of people mm-hmm. it is seems to be the most common pathway for awakening if you want to use that word yes absolutely that it's when people are looking down the barrel of life mm. often it is that often it is illness injury um you know god forbid it a death of somebody that really forces them to stop but it doesn't have to be which is where you and i come in going you don't have to have something really life threatening occur to you mm. to value and appreciate what we have i know i know i think this is what i think like you said you and i are here to even help other people realize this so there is a lot of misconception around mindfulness you know that mindfulness is all too simple or or it's only about emptying your mind what's the point or you know even for that matter mindfulness makes you turn inward and make you become more isolated i mean in this moment uh, i would love for you to clarify the myth around mindfulness let's start with what mindfulness is yes and i think my favorite definition and the one that's often used is by John Kabat-Zinn who's a mm-hmm. very well-renowned mindfulness teacher right he's um credited really with bringing mindfulness to the west in mm-hmm. in the 70s and started mindfulness-based stress reduction and he talks about mindfulness being a way of placing your attention right in the present moment mm-hmm. you do it on purpose deliberately with an aspect of being non-judgmental. So there's kind of three aspects. You know, you have to be intentional, it's purposeful. It is the placing of your attention. But it's also the how that you do it. So there's an open awareness, there's a non-judgmental aspect of it. Right. It's different from concentrating or mm. really focusing where we try really really hard and I'm focusing really hard on this and what I'm going <laughs> to do there's a real tension that goes with that whereas mm. mindfulness is more around the the receptivity and the openness that goes with that mindfulness comes from most people understand that mindfulness comes from buddhist psychology Right. And yes, I think that's where it certainly is known to have come around maybe 2500 years ago. Mm-hmm. But it's also embedded in the the yogic type practices mm-hmm. in in India and in the the Hindu practices as well before kind of the Zen version of mm-hmm. mindfulness that is the one that's probably come to the west more. And some of the myths I think that go with mindfulness is because it kind of comes from that heritage that it's it's really a spiritual practice or a religion and if I'm not a zen monk 
or if I'm not spiritual in in that way, therefore, you know, I can't do it. And it's it's not. It's awareness and attention training if you really bring it down to its most basics. So it is available to anybody and it doesn't matter whether you have another faith or religion. It's it's it will complement that. It's not going to contradict anything like that. And you spoke about the the um the myth that people have around it just kind of empties my mind mm. and it's about letting go of all thoughts and I'll have this incredibly calm mind no thoughts and it's like that's a complete myth I know yeah people have... understand uh, you know that thoughts are a part of you and yeah I think it's important that we start looking at them just as the way they are rather than you know ruminating them i think that's exactly where uh, you know mindfulness comes into the picture exactly our thoughts are part of us we can't control the arising of thoughts right. what we can actually control is our response and relationship mm-hmm. to them that's and mindfulness is the awareness of our thoughts mm-hmm. and then the choice that we have around what we do with them and if you if we use rumination as an example which is where you have this cycle of focusing on a negative thought repeatedly and it goes on and loops right. in your your brain one of the reasons it keeps looping is because you don't have the mindful awareness of what you were doing you are caught in the doing as opposed to be able to stand back from that as an observer and see what you're doing and mindfulness enables you to catch yourself and go oh my goodness i'm doing that ruminating thing again how am i feeling about that do i really want to be doing that where else can i deliberately place my attention so that we have that ability to pull ourselves out of that but we have to have the awareness that we're doing it in the first place and the more mindful that you become you become very aware of the subtleness of your thoughts and the triggers so that you don't go into the the depths before yes. you realize oh i've been right in the midst of this negative cycle for 3 hours maybe i need to do something about it you catch it you know within mm-hmm. the first 90 seconds to go oh i'm doing that again i know like you rightly <laughs> yeah you rightly said you know like Oh, we as humans i think we are functioning from a place of autopilot like we're constantly doing things without realizing that we're doing it and i think yeah. mindfulness definitely enables us to sort of catch that thought you know and and realize that you know we are going way beyond we should and it's just a thought and thoughts are simply thoughts and we are not our thoughts oh, oh yes So we are the observer of our thoughts mm. and mindfulness really helps us feel into that and become very aware of that distinction that we we can our essence is separate from our thoughts you know the thoughts arise but as a human being and and as our heart and soul our essence or that higher part of ourselves can observe those thoughts from a place of equanimity of acceptance of mm-hmm. non-judgment and go 
wow I'm not curious <laughs> no I, lo- I loved how you explained what mindfulness is and I'm very sure it's very clear to a lot of people now but uh, at the same time you know sometimes it it helps our understanding if we know what something is not so can you explain yeah. what mindfulness is not often people think mindfulness is relaxing and it is not relaxing right what happens often when people first start to get an experience of mindfulness which we're going to be giving people yes coming up in the zoom workshops as well is sometimes sometimes people actually feel very relaxed and with longer mindfulness meditations people can go to sleep it's that is a side effect of mindfulness it actually isn't being mindful mindful really is about being fully present and aware of what is going on moment by moment mm-hmm. there is a difference right and one helps facilitate the other but you can relax and not get the benefits of mindfulness mm-hmm. so you can just be chilling you know on the couch and your mind's wandering and that's relaxing right. but it's not mindfulness and you don't get the benefits of the changes that occur in the brain and the ability to catch thoughts and the emotional regulation mm-hmm. that you get with mindfulness i have always thought mindfulness does help you you know relax yourself but now i'm so glad you sort of clarified that self yeah <laughs> it does help but it's it's a separate separate it's a separate, it's, mm. it's, it's a separate element of and if you right. go into the i guess the biochemistry or the physiology right when we are mindful we tend to breathe deeper breathing mm-hmm. more deeply activates a, a relaxation response right right so we we get we we get that and it's not that constant state of bliss a lot of people think you know i'm going to just be walking on clouds and nothing's <laughs> going to affect me ever again and life is not like that so mindfulness is really about um the expression full catastrophe living you are able to live and experience the full catastrophe of catastrophe i can't say it now catastrophe of life and walk that that path and and deal with it with everything that comes up it's not a complete state state of you know walking on cloud bliss there are moments where you can reach that state but that's through the acceptance and the non-judgment that mm-hmm. comes with a mindful practice wow. and the other point that i want to make around mindfulness as well is that it's there's a right or wholesome mindfulness is the mindfulness in the true sense that we're trying to achieve mm-hmm. you can be a murderer basically you can murder somebody mindfully you know you can be a shooter a sniper and if you are fully present in that moment hunting you know you're you, you're practicing in a mindful way but that is not the mindfulness you know we want an ethical mindfulness where you're using that for for wholesome for the right the right way absolutely so it's in and of itself mm-hmm. the practice of awareness is not neutral because you can have 
but you know you can have awareness for good and awareness for evil what we're wanting is the true nature of mindfulness which incorporates that acceptance non-judgment open awareness compassion those elements that come in with it yes and i think i'm pretty excited for our zoom session where you're going to take us through these mindfulness practices i'm very excited for that Now that you're halfway through this episode, I would love for you to join in for the live session that I am hosting with Nicola Lipscomb on the 5th of February, then on the 10th, 22nd and 26th of February at 2 p.m. IST, that is 6.30 p.m. AEST, where you get an opportunity to experience powerful mindfulness exercises that you can learn and immediately bring into your day these sessions are guided by nicola lipscomb register now so you do not miss out on these powerful sessions which will leave you with a sense of calm and tranquility the registration link is mentioned in the show notes and all of these sessions are absolutely free of cost what are you waiting for I'm so, so looking forward to interacting with so many of you. See you in the live sessions. So how, I mean, of course, since we spoke about those mindfulness practices that we're going to go through, how can one benefit from living a mindful life? Like what can anybody expect out of a mindfulness practice? There's so many benefits that can be experienced through practicing mindfulness okay Mm -hmm. i'm going to go with what it's done for me yeah and what i have discovered for myself Mm -hmm. that's probably made the biggest difference in my life is the peace around understanding and regulating emotions so going from somebody who is spending a lot of her time being very worried very stressed out anxiety depression to being somebody who can regulate my emotions much more easily and have that state of equanimity where there's not that massive high and the massive low and the massive high and the massive low there's more equanimity in the middle where there's balance and harmony so I can I catch my thoughts I feel what's going on in my body I can recognize the emotions and not get hooked into them so that has been brilliant in dealing with people and I think the thing that stresses people out the most is other people relationships communication conflict oh yeah and being able that the practice of mindfulness has enabled me to be able to navigate that with far more ease and balance and even in family you know I don't know anybody who doesn't get triggered by their members of their family you know correct me if I'm wrong. <laughs> I, 
you but are absolutely most right. Of us, <laughs> most of us have one or two family members that we find a little more challenging to spend time with. And mindfulness has enabled me to recognize what's going on, to, to catch those oft judgmental thoughts and go, oh, that's interesting. Where, where's that coming from? Do I really need to hook into that? No. What, what thought would I, what's a more compassionate thought that I would choose? Or if I can feel myself, you know, you get that kind of irritated. <laughs> You feel it. I feel it in my body and go, oh, okay, all right, drop my shoulders, relax my belly, take a breath, and let's start again. And that's that for me has been huge, that ability to, to change my emotional responses and therefore relationships with people. And it's helped in my career as a, a speaker, a facilitator, a a trainer, a circle leader, obviously, if you can manage your stress and anxiety, that's huge, which I can. And it also enables me to be very present in the room with people. I don't get hooked into my thoughts or distracted. So my attention is in the room. My attention at the moment is here with you. Absolutely love that. Oh my goodness, it's amazing. I think we fail to recognize how effective mindfulness can be. And I think once we know it, we, we will definitely be able to regulate and manage our emotions more and more effectively. Yeah. Yes, it comes down to what's the first thing? Awareness. I, oh, the yes. first thing is self-awareness. Mm -hmm. So mindfulness enables you to be, become more aware. It's like your acuity, you know, your sensory acuity, your mindful acuity. It enhances that so that you can pick up on things that A, you couldn't pick up on beforehand right. and B, you can pick up on things faster. So you may not, a lot of us are aware that we have an inner critic, for example, we have that that judgmental voice in our head that's going, why are you saying that? Why are you doing that? Mm -hmm. And giving you lectures or putting you down. We're sort of half aware of it, but are you really aware of what that voice is saying? Are you really aware when it appears yes. so that you, you can catch it? Mm, absolutely. And the same with and emotions. You know? It is. And it's all information. Thoughts and emotions, they're all information. And the more information that we have, the better our decisions as well. Absolutely. So it brings a little bit more conscious awareness and attention to all that, that information that we have right. and that discernment. So for emotions, when we become more mindful with our emotions, we're aware that, oh my, oh my goodness, I've, I'm not feeling like I was five minutes ago. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> In, we can sort of investigate. So what am I feeling? Mm -hmm. And instead of just happy, sad, mad, you know, glad, mad, sad, the trifecta, mm. we've got a lot more emotions and we can start to go, well, am I feeling mad? Really? Am I angry? Hmm, no. Am I irritated? 
No. Am I frustrated? No. Oh, I'm disappointed. Is it disappointment? You can start that that acuity comes in. You go, oh, I'm, I'm actually disappointed with yes. something that's gone on. I'm not angry. Okay. Since I'm disappointed. So where's that come from? What do I want to do with it? It becomes far more constructive. Absolutely. And, you know, like mm. you said, I think uh, it really helps us understand ourselves even better. So, you know, let's get more specific with it. Um, of course, we all know for a fact that overthinking has been a huge part of all of our lives. And sometimes it can get really challenging to take our minds off that one thought that sort of hovers around in our mind. So in that particular moment, what can anybody do to simply feel okay? You have to refocus your attention onto something else that you want to focus your attention on. So I often use the analogy of a a flashlight or a torch. So our attention is the light of that torch. And where we shine that torch is where our attention goes and it's illuminating and lighting up something. And when we're ruminating, the torch is fixed on that thought. It's just constantly fixed on that thought. What we need to do is move the torch away from that thought onto something else which is going to be more helpful or productive. And one of the easiest way for human beings is to move our attention onto one of our senses or our breath. So for me, I use, I just start to focus my awareness on taking some really deep, slow breaths, you know, breathing in, holding for a a moment and then, you know, breathing out and doing cycles of that deep breathing, which also has the advantage of the relaxation response or focusing my attention and I teach this to people as well on their feet in connection with the ground. It's very difficult to worry about something in your head Mm. when you place all your awareness and focus your attention with the feet on the ground and the contact and thinking about my heels. Are they pressing into the ground? Is one pressing in more than the other? Focusing then on the balls of your feet. Can I feel the contact? What's the weight feel like? Can I feel any sensations in my feet? Is there any um, tingling? Is there any tightness? And if you do that, all it's, it's like you've shone the flashlight on your feet. All your awareness and attention goes there. Guaranteed, it breaks that ruminating cycle. If you stop paying attention to your feet, you might then flash back up into your head and that thought recurs but the momentum has stopped so then you can go ah okay and you've got that that little break to be able to then observe and go well okay maybe what's that thought telling me or what's a better thought that I can think about now where else would I choose but often using that physical sense like focusing on your feet it's like a circuit breaker mm-hmm. hmm. Wow. 
this definitely is so so helpful now that i'm thinking about it you know grounding really really helps you become more aware about what is happening in your body and your mind yeah. uh I, but but you know with me um, i have been practicing grounding for a while now but sometimes it just get difficult to start you know eventually of course it all really gets better but how can one you know somebody who is going through a lot of challenges they're just finding it extremely difficult to start even though they know the benefit of it is really uh, you know uh, incredible but they just don't yeah. know how to start so what would you have to say to them it is a commitment that you make it's a commitment to yourself right so for a lot of people there's a tipping point for pain and suffering that goes they hit a point where they go I, I am suffering so much i cannot tolerate this anymore i'm willing to do the pain of whatever's required to make it better so there is a there is a commitment point that is is part of the process the other piece of advice i i would give anybody and give somebody is start absolutely micro because one of the reasons people don't start mm-hmm. is the fear that it's going to take up too much time they're not going to be able to do it they're going to fail so they don't want to start anything that is potentially going to fail you know we don't like doing that so we chunk something down to as small as you can for you for guaranteed success so if it is grounding and focusing on your feet and it's something that you, you're struggling with you feel like you're failing because every time i try and focus on my feet nothing happens it's like we'll do it for 1 second can you take your attention for 1 second yeah. yes yeah. okay tick can you do it for 2 seconds 1 tick to take of saying okay i'm going to do formal mindfulness meditation for 10 minutes a day starting tomorrow it's like no you won't well you'd be a absolute unique genius if you were to <laughs> do that and succeed we need to chunk things down into something that's you know really micro or smaller and the third thing i would would say to people is you need to find the mindfulness practice that works for you grounding may not work for you breath may not work for you i often use sound as a gateway for mindfulness there are different types and approaches that we can use for mindfulness and sometimes it takes a little bit of an ex- experimenting with people to go ah didn't like that that didn't work this suits me so you know experimenting and practicing a little bit with alternatives before you say mindfulness not for me or i can't meditate it's not for me it's like oh maybe you just haven't found the way for you yet yes so yeah, i think experimenting is a way for everybody i think everybody's figuring their way out right and uh, something that yeah. worked for one wouldn't necessarily work for another and like you said it's just about finding your way and uh, that's what's important when it comes to mindfulness practice 
it's actually a beautiful way of approaching life think of what you're doing in life as mini experiments yeah and it's it's something i've picked up along the way and apply as well as a practice for mindfulness but with anything if you want to start something new and you've got that internal fear that goes with that reframing it as it's an experiment gives you more permission to try something for it not to work and if that doesn't work it isn't that you failed it's that experiment was unsuccessful so let's try the next experiment such a beautiful way to look at things you know and uh yeah i mean we are constantly experimenting things in our lives without even realizing it and that is amazing wow. that's that's such a sudden and a beautiful awareness for me right now so that's wonderful it's a different kind of lens through which yeah to yeah. look at the world and then when you do that mindfully <sighs> what you're doing is you're learning about yourself and life all the time because things are an experiment and you're doing it mindfully to go wow i really enjoyed that i didn't enjoy that what part of that experiment was i most excited about what part of that experiment seemed to drain my energy or, or if it's about connecting with people for example and whether that's if we use this example if we use people who are on linkedin and connecting with people via zoom doing it mindfully yes you're present but you can also start to discern so what was it about that person that i really like what was it about that meeting that didn't go so well when we're doing it mindfully they're all experiments and we're taking in all those different bits of information to become better wow absolutely and i think most of the times what i realize is that many a lot of people that i have come across are constantly worried about what might happen or what has happened so the entire yeah. mindful practice of being present is going to make us be where we are right it is and that really is the only time we are alive the past is a memory the future hasn't occurred yet so now is when we are alive and if we're not present you're missing so much and when you don't know you don't even know what you're missing out on you know you're missing the smile of your partner as you leave the house you're you're missing the energy of your child excitedly wanting to show you their painting that they've done at school you're missing the taste of food how often do we eat food and if i was to ask you about the last meal that you ate could you tell me all the different flavors that were there and could you tell me how the taste at the end of the meal was different from the beginning No. Mhm. <laughs> yeah. And we miss out on so much. Yeah. And a lot of people it's it's kind of one of those um funny paradoxes I think in life with people who go through life fairly mindlessly 
and they think like their life's wonderful I don't need to be mindful my life's great and it's like but you don't know what it could be like because you're completely unaware of what you're missing it's like you're you're um looking at the world through black and white and that's all that you can see and that's all you've ever seen so you're happy with black and white what's wrong you don't know anything differently until you see color and then you go whoa wow (laughs) wow that's what life can be like and i guess that's what we are offering we're offering you know full technicolor multicolor full catastrophe living as opposed to black and white absolutely yeah if you don't accept that's my hope and wish wish for people the full color spectrum which includes black and white yeah and so it's not all fairies and unicorns there's but that's part of life you know we we do need to experience the downs we do need to experience a level of suffering to fully embody being human and it also enables us to be far more compassionate to others yes absolutely you of course have shared a couple of ways and techniques that we can probably use in any situation in our lives but what is that one thing that i can do right now and throughout the day to be more aware breath I think is probably the the one mm-hmm. is we need to breathe and we do it quite unconsciously. Oh yes. And if you look at a a baby and how they breathe, their tummy, they've got diaphragmatic breathing, they've got very deep breathing, you know, their tummy's going. Yeah, yeah. And that is how we're designed to breathe. And as we mature and become adults mm-hmm. we tend to lose the diaphragmatic breathing and we tend to chest breathe it becomes much more shallow breathing right and the advent right. of screens has amplified that mm-hmm. we tend to have this short you know when we're we're watching what's going on distracted a ping from an incoming message <gasps> we do this quick inhale then we hold our breath um it's it's called email or tech apnea where we do the breath hold where we go <gasps> hold our breath while we've suddenly got the facebook message or the, the incoming ding ding pings and rings as they call them being aware of our breath so frequently throughout the day taking a deeper breath and a really practical way of doing that is anchoring that breath to something else so most people for example are at computer screens or using their phones if you can connect a habit of say every time you pick up your phone you take even if it's one deep breath and focus on your breath and let it out every time you turn to your computer screen and turn it on you take a breath every time you shut the computer down you take a breath then you're incorporating some mindfulness right. in the the act of mindful breathing 
consistently throughout your day. And it works really well for habit formation if we can, can connect it to something that you're already doing. So for most people, they're on their screens, whether it's computer, whether it's their tablets, whether it's phones. If you could train yourself to take a couple of breaths every time you picked up your phone before you looked at your phone, you imagine how many mindful moments you'd have during the day. Wow, that would be a blessing. Yeah. But yes. And then when you looked at your phone, you'd be a little bit more present. Yeah. You'd be a little calmer. You'd be a little you'd have a little bit more perspective as well. And you might find you're going you're taking a few deep breaths and then going, why am I looking at my phone? I don't need to. And put it back down again. Because well, you're becoming aware of that, the automaticity of it. And I tell you what, the amount of times the automatic, as you know, there's studies that have shown, I can't remember the figures actually, you know, how many times we automatically look at our phones in a day. I think this has been one of the most mindful interviews that I've had in a very long time. And I feel like I, I already am so, so present and so here right now. Thank you. Thank you for making this entire session about just being here, just as I am in this moment. It's all you need to be. Be here. As we are coming towards the end of the episode, any advice for those that say, I can't do this. Mindfulness is not for me. Mindfulness is, I believe, mm -hmm. for everybody. It's more a case of you haven't found the gateway for yourself yet. And what we've talked about as well. Consider it as an experiment mm -hmm. and make it a micro experiment. You know, give yourself, I don't know, five days and say, I'm simply going to try focusing on my feet. You know, every time I'm in a meeting, for five days or if you want for one day give yourself those little micro experiments mm -hmm. don't set yourself up for failure and yes you will be able to be mindful wow absolutely this is an amazing piece of advice that i am myself taking it with me so thank you so much nicola for such an insightful interview today in fact it has clarified so many of my doubts and I'm sure my listeners are now more aware of this incredible practice of mindfulness. Um, thank you so much. And thank you everybody for listening to our episode today. Uh, now that you've heard the entire episode, a gentle reminder to join in today's live session on Zoom at 2 p.m. IST. Uh, the joining link is going to be mentioned in the show notes. Would love to see you guys there in person. Thank you and looking forward to running a mindfulness session in Zoom. It will be really powerful doing it in a group, in community. Doing anything in community is more powerful, more enjoyable and easier than trying to do it yourself at home, by yourself. I am rooting for the session. I'm pretty excited. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. Thanks, Raina. <laughs>